Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. And uh, it's interesting that this was written almost 4,000 years ago. And I, I'm sure that it was something that was uh, something that we needed to heed for every generation. But especially in these last days uh, is what there is warning. There's warning that the Lord gives by the Holy Spirit to Paul as he writes the letter to the young pastor, Timothy. So to be solid, to be aware. Solid is about not being shaken. Not being shaken, not being overwhelmed, not being uh, um, uh, fraught with, with fear. Um, and so there's that aspect of stability in our lives, regardless of the storms. I'm not saying that we're not having storms. I'm not saying that we're not having difficult times, but to be solid in the midst of that. And in this passage, there's also a warning of things that we need to be aware of. And so I'll, I just, I'll, I'm going to read this passage, and, and tonight uh, we're going to uh, just look at the one aspect and um, jump into that just to, uh, this is from verse 3, but let me just read from verse 1 just so you have uh, some background on this. It says, now the Spirit expressly says that in, la in the latter times, that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. They're going to walk away from the faith. They're going to walk away from what saved them. Uh, they're going to walk to another uh, faith in something else. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So this, these are things that are going to be happening in the last days. We, are, we see that happening now. There's a giving heed, which means you hear and you, you accept this, these things that deceiving spirits, we're talking demons, are, are influencing and, and then even doctrines of demons. A doctrine is something that you, you would place your trust in and um, they are not of the Lord. They're doctrines of demons. And at times there's a distorting, there's a distortion of the word of God. And there's a grabbing a hold of these doctrines. So giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy. So there's, a, from this influence of these demons, as there's been a departure from faith, there's a, a heeding these, these demons, these deceiving, lying spirits and doctrines, the doctrines of demons. And now there's a speaking of these things. The influence on, the, on an individual is now spoken to others in hypocrisy. Some in ignorance, grabbing a hold of it, or others knowingly. They knowingly are deceiving and speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, 
So it's like, I really don't care. I don't care what I'm doing and where I'm going. Forbidding to marry. And if you missed, this was what we focused in last week, this forbidding to marry. Interesting, it was an interesting message. If you missed last week, uh, check it out on uh, YouTube or on the website, lighthouseniagara.com. And in fact, if you missed any of these, this is part five. So if you missed any in the last uh, number of, of weeks, check them out, okay? Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Now, it's interesting, or this, this thing of this abstaining from food, and you just say, well, what is that even talking about? So we're going to get into it. There's this catch of the abstaining from foods. You say, ah, what, what does that even mean? Which God created to receive with thanksgiving. And listen, this last part, we need to take note of this. By those who believe and know the truth. So these are things that we should be aware of and know. And so we're going we're gonna, to uh, go from 1 Timothy 4. We're going to be looking at uh, Romans chapter 14 in more detail because it talks about some of this stuff. And uh, just with that, I, I want to read to you because uh, there are battles that, that each of us are facing. And in the battles, the storms, the battles, trials, the tribulations that we may go through as a believer, we definitely go through them as unbelievers. Uh, so either the believer or unbeliever will face these battles, the storms of life, with God or without God. As the unbeliever, without God. As a believer, that we would be um, facing these battles with the Lord. And I, I like this passage. I'll, I'll read it quickly before we get into Romans chapter 14. It says, finally, my brethren, and you know the passage, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, to be solid for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we're talking about spiritual uh, uh, beings that we are fighting against. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. In other words, even as you go into the battle, go through the battle, that when the battle's over, you're still standing, solid, solid. Now, the, the thing about the armor of God is, and just quickly without getting into a lot of detail, the armor of God is not so much what as it is who. Who is the armor? Sorry? It is Jesus Christ. It is about what he is or who he is to us because of what he's done. He says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, 
and we're going to focus in on this, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So when you are in the battle, the Lord is saying, listen, every part in that battle, and especially as we are coming against the enemy, we're coming against deceiving spirits, we're coming against doctrines of demons, we're coming against or we have people that are propagating this in hypocrisy, lies, speaking lies without any conscience, and it's being propagated. And here the Lord is saying, this shield of faith which, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation, Jesus is, Jesus is our salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. He is the word. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Basically, you're going to uh, persevere right to the end. You're going to be solid. You're going to be uh, aware of what's going on around you. If you're not aware that there's a, an onslaught of the enemy, let me just say there is, then we don't necessarily put up the shield of faith. We need to put up the shield of faith, especially as the enemy comes against us. For And for me, and I find this interesting, these last two verses here in Ephesians 6 or of this passage, 19 and 20, we need to be in the same place personally. And for me, that utterance may be given to me. Take that word for yourself. Now, this is Paul speaking, that we would be likewise, that utterance may be given to us, that we may open our mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Tonight, again, the mystery of the, the gospel that is hidden, we need to share with others. We need to share that with others, for which I am an ambassador in chains, as Paul is writing, he's in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, that we may speak boldly as we ought to speak in these last days, in these latter times, in these days. Now, I want to go back to 1 Timothy 4, just making note of this commanding, there's a commanding to abstain from foods by those that are deceived, by those that are, are teaching doctrines of demons, to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. All right, so we're going to get into this, and we're going to go around, uh, we're going to jump to Romans chapter 14. These unscriptural commands, and I recognize in this day and age, it's like, oh my goodness. The things that we, that we should eat or not eat. Uh, the generation uh, that, that is after us, uh, my, our daughters, Julie and I, it's like, man, are they health conscious or what? I don't know if... To be health conscious, 
your generation, the one that comes after ours, they seem to be way more health conscious than we are. At least I'm speaking personally now. I know many of you that are my, are my generation, you guys are very health conscious, right? Food-wise? Um, so there's this, this thing of foods. Commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Okay. What, what is the point here? And, and this, I want to, there's an expanding in Romans chapter 14. If, you, if, you, if we could go there. Um, it says in verse 1. And, and we're, we're going to get an idea of what, what's happening here as we go through this, this chapter a little bit. It says, receive one who is weak in the faith. It's not in a faith, but in the faith. But not to disputes over doubtful things. What's a dispute? Anybody? Sorry? An argument. Arguments. Okay? So, who should we receive? Who should we receive according to this verse? It means to have interaction with. It says here, receive one who is weak in the faith. To, to not have issue with those that are weak in the faith, but not for the, the sake of disputing over doubtful things. And then it gives, he'll give some examples here of dispute. Okay? So we're, we're talking around this thing from abstaining from foods. All right? And um, there's this thing of saying, you've got to do this, you've got to eat these things and not eat these things. And, and so what is the point here? It says here, and uh, just for those that, that are making the, or have the notes, uh, this is actually first or Romans chapter 14. It says, for one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Any, veg any vegetarians out there? However, now let's, let's go through this because there might be some vegetarians out there or whatever. You're just choosing to, to eat only vegetables. Here's, here's the point. Let not him who eats anything despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat, because he can go right the other way as well, judge him who eats. For God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. I like that. Whether you're eating a lot or anything, or you're saying, I'm going to be a strict vegetarian and, and eat only vegetables. God is able to make you stand, whatever your view is here. Okay? One person esteems one day. Now, it gives another illustration of things that we could dispute. We can have argument over. Okay? May I say this? Uh, over the last few years, 
And this was as a pastor. I have views myself. And so there was different camps of views. And I would say this, that there should not be a disputing over doubtful things or things that you may not know for sure. Things that are not critical necessarily to our salvation. And so there's different views that we may have. And, and the point about faith, to receive one who is weak in the faith, the point is not to argue points that are doubtful or, or issues that are doubtful. So we can go into a lot of discussion and we miss the point here. The point is if somebody is struggling in their faith. The point, that's the point. Don't get sidetracked by going off on these tangents of what a person believes or doesn't believe, a person does or doesn't do. And we're talking about those that are, are struggling in their faith. So who are you or me to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. What is, who and what is your master? Now, if your faith is in God, despite your view on a certain thing, my faith is in God and this is where my, my view is. And there's somebody else, their faith is in God and this is where their view is. The question is, what is your faith? How strong is your faith? Who is your master? Jesus said, hey, you can't serve God and mammon. Money, or the things of money. I, I just live for money. You, you, you serve one or the other. You can't serve both. What is, what is your master? What, is, what are you placing your faith in? And the point here is, those that are weak in their faith, what their faith is in is the point. And so he's saying, don't, get sidetracked here. One person esteems, now here's the second illustration he gives, one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind, he who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks, and he who does not eat, to the Lord he does not eat, and gives God thanks. So whether you eat anything or whether you say I'm very strict, but I give thanks to the Lord. Whether I observe one day, this is the day that I observe. So whether it's, hey, some may, may make big issue about, you know what, it's the Sabbath. You need to keep the Sabbath, Saturday. So we say, hey, no, Sunday is, is the day of the Lord. We can go through scriptures and say, hey, this is what scripture says. The main point here is that we observe it to the Lord. We observe it to the Lord. Now, um, can somebody tell me 
What are some other doubtful controversies that we as believers maybe get caught up in? And I, I don't, listen, I'm, I don't want to start debate tonight in getting into these things because it says here that we should not get into these disputes of doubtful things, that they're not really that important. So, anybody? What are some controversies? Yeah, Mark? Okay, so creation. Now, mind you, that, that, is, a, that is, is that a doubtful one or not? I, what I would say is this, definitely, what is your, once again, coming back to what is your faith in? So there might be some that believe that, uh, that God created six, just over 6,000 years ago. And some would say, well, um, one, one thing was, hey, uh, I, I believe that God created over uh, a period of time. And there's others that, that are of this world say there was no God. Everything evolved on its own. Now, mind you, that one, I would probably say we need to know where, where we stand on this regarding how, creation. Did God speak things? Was it a literal 24-hour day? We can get into some of that. Now, even beyond that, though, this is where we can get tied up with certain things. If there is dispute... I would bring it always back to, so what is your faith in? What is the most important thing regarding your faith? Because this is what it's talking about. It's talking about faith in this aspect, the, or the strength or weakness of our faith. And even... If you see that somebody's struggling in an area, whether it's eating food or not eating food, certain foods, what is your faith in? What is your faith in? This is the main point. What is your faith in? That's the point. Another thing, any other doubtful controversy? Some might, some might would say, hey, I want to argue a point with you now uh, over these different things. What do you, what do you say, Paul? Sorry? Okay. So, so he's talking about the Sabbath uh, in Leviticus 23. He's talking about the Sabbath. It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest, and you shall afflict your souls on the ninth day of the month at evening. From evening to evening you shall celebrate your Sabbath. So... So some of them observing some of these these things. Now, the question between, once again, is my faith in the observance of these festivals? Is that what my faith is in? So we have to be careful because we have an entire denomination that says, hey, uh, the Sabbath, the day that we should gather together is on the Sabbath, which is the Saturday. And that's when we get together. And so if we don't get together on that day, 
What is your faith in? The observance of the law for my salvation? And I, I recognize in the end, the things that, that, that we need to come back to is, what is my faith in? Because there's, there's definitely things that, that uh, have to do with what we believe our salvation is in. So some might say, you know what? My salvation is, is in the, the amount of times that I do or have spiritual, my spiritual disciplines, which are important. But that's where my faith is in for my salvation. We have to be very careful. What is our faith in? That's what this Romans chapter 14 is about. What is my faith in? So some other things, and this was uh, someone else mentioned, well, you know what? Uh, it's with who you eat with. Who are you eating with? Uh, where do you eat? Where do you buy your meat? Are we allowed to eat cheeseburgers or not? What day to keep, what day to keep as a Sabbath? Which day do we keep? Right? So whether to be circumcised or not, there's a discussion on that. So there's some that say, unless you're baptized in water, you're not saved. So you have a whole denomination that says, unless you're baptized in water, you are not saved. Or you're baptized at birth, right? Whether to keep the law of Moses or not. So are we, if we're going to keep the law of Moses... Or is that what our faith is in? So it is, a, the question here is, is, what is your faith in? That's the important issue. That's what we need to do. And it's, we're talking about those that are weak in their faith. So it's about strength, strengthening your faith. So there might be things of what to wear. Our, our denomination... Uh, our denomination, as I read through the history, specifically says that at the beginning, they were the the issue that that our denomination had. Like we're talking over a hundred years ago, is you had was around. Uh, you, you need to wear certain clothing. You know, the men dress this way, women dress this way. They acknowledged this thing of you know what it wasn't right. And so I, I can remember, you know, you would dress a certain way. I, I, I would say, hey, yeah, uh, dressing modestly or, or whatever, sure, dress modestly. But what is your faith in is the main issue. Our faith is the critical thing. It's the foundation to why we do or don't do certain things. If our faith is in the wrong things, we will go astray. So we need to keep our faith and the foundation. And you know where I stand on this. I'm going to read quickly through this, just very quickly. I don't want to take a lot of time because you know where I stand. But I like what Paul says when he came to the city of Corinth. And he says to them, and I, brethren, when I came to you, so the first time, this is, he's going to unbelievers and he's going to the religious 
the Jews that were in that city. He was also going to the unbelievers that were not Jewish, the Gentiles. He says, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. I could have said a lot of things. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So here he's, he's laying the foundation. Your faith needs to be in the right thing. And he's saying, I was determined you would know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, and of power. Now listen to the next line. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In the power of God. So the things of man would say, well, no, I want to dispute because this is what's important. Or this is what's important. This is what's important. And, and so these are doubtful or these disputes really should be going back to, well, what do we believe? What is the foundation of our faith? What is the foundation of your faith that it would be strengthened? That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Why should our faith be in Jesus Christ and Him crucified? The two, th two main things that I like about having that correct foundation is that you then open yourself up to the power and the wisdom of God in your life. As a believer, you open yourself up to the power and the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. They were just too wise. They didn't know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. Show me a sign. Give me wisdom. I want wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block. What kind of sign is that? Jesus Christ and him crucified? Well, that seems more like a defeat. Show us a sign. The Greeks consider the message of the cross. The intellectuals of today consider the message of the, of the cross foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, so to the religious, to the intellectual, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God as they accept who he is and what he did for us on the cross. This is what I make sure my foundation doesn't waver. That my faith does not waver from this simple fact, the simplicity of Jesus Christ and him crucified. And even as Paul writes to the Galatians, to the churches of the province of Galatia, he is writing the same thing. Was not Jesus portrayed to you as crucified? And even the portrayal of Jesus Christ and him crucified is powerful. And the, the problem with the church or the churches of Galatia is they were de deviating from that because there were 
people that were coming in that were that have that had allowed these demons they were giving heed to to these spirits these demons and they were there was new doctrines or there were doctrines that were being propagated and and so Paul is saying what is your faith in he's he says that and it's woven throughout the new testament every single one of the four gospels each one has a major section at the end of the, the gospels that talk about jesus christ crucified every single one john one third of john covers just 12 hours seven eight chapters just for 12 hours of time that time that jesus before he went to the cross as he was tried and even as he was uh, going to the cross and then it, as he was nailed to the cross as he hung on the cross and john is is focusing in on that we preach christ crucified to the jews a stumbling block and to the greeks foolishness but to those who are called both jews and greeks christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. If you want the power and the wisdom of God in the battles, in the hard times, that is what you are looking to. And that's what we need to encourage others to look to when they're going through hard times. And it, the, the, the very first thing is for salvation. You get salvation by as you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, as you repent and as you believe. Make that turn and I turn to Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. What he, who He is and what He did for us on the cross. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Going back a few uh, verses before this passage. It says, for the message of the cross. We're not just talking, like, hey, we're not, we weren't there. But just the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, not just who were saved, but who are being saved today, it is the power of God. The power and the wisdom of God available to us today. So my faith in Christ and Him crucified needs to be a daily thing that I stand on. Daily. Let it be a confession of faith. Let it be your confession of faith. In Revelation 12, verse 11, it talks about overcoming and it talks about the testimony our testimony it says and they overcame him that him being satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death in other words even in the face of death they overcame by their testimony their testimony the blood of the lamb when was the blood of the lamb shed when Jesus was crucified, even before he was crucified, his blood was already starting to pour from him. In fact, he had lost so much blood that he was already weak, that he couldn't even carry the cross anymore. Somebody else carried the cross for him in the last little bit. And when it came to going to the cross, he did not fight going to the cross. He didn't fight it. In fact, he willingly laid down his life for us. There is victory for us. We overcome Satan. Satan doesn't want 
for you to know that that's how we live daily. You say, Pastor, is that how you live? Absolutely, that's how I live now. Rather than these other things that I was putting my faith in, the things that I had to do to try to overcome, now it was, no, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony, Jesus Christ, them crucified for me. From the past to today, Jesus Christ, them crucified for me and tomorrow and the next day, right until the day of the Lord. Hallelujah. My faith in Christ and him crucified needs to be a daily thing that I stand on. It needs to let it be a confession of faith. Jesus said, I often quote this passage. He said to all, to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Deny your effort. Deny your righteousness. Our righteousness is filthy rags. Deny what you can do. You want to have your faith strengthened. It says take up his cross daily. You would take up his cross daily, your cross daily, and follow me. So daily... I take up the cross. Daily, I, I, I make that confession of faith. Daily. Sometimes it's just a thought. Or sometimes I go through the whole day, and it's like, oh, thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you did for me on the cross. And it's so much a part of my day. I just say, thank you, Lord. And following him then is easy. So much easier. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Lord, I'm completely a, a living sacrifice unto you. Praise God. Paul writes to Timothy. I read this a few weeks ago. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, a saying, Lord, I have died with you and I shall live with you. If we endure in this, that's where my faith is, we shall also reign with him. Lord, I'm going to reign with you because I'm going to endure in my faith because I have died with you. I'm crucified with Christ. That's what Paul says in Galatians chapter 2. I'll read that in a moment. If we deny him, he also will deny us. This is where the, the going off tangent in our faith. We deny Jesus, so we, we put our faith in the eating of food. What kind of food I'm eating? My, my disciplines. This is what I have to do to make it to heaven. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. The Lord always remains faithful. We can come to him. As long as we're breathing, we can come and return to him. Even if we have gotten to a place of faithlessness, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Galatians chapter 2. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? So if we sin while we seek to be justified by Christ, is it Christ? Is he the one that's causing you to, to sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Now, what is he talking about here to build again those things which I destroyed? 
I make myself a transgressor, I start to have issue with sin in my life. Because I've built something, I've brought something back into being. The very next verse says what it is. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. This is an important verse, verse 19, Galatians 2, 19. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. So what does that mean? The law pointed to Jesus Christ coming. Everything in the law pointed to all the, the sacrifices and all the, the festivals, the observation of this day and that day throughout the given year. All of them pointed to Jesus Christ and his finished work. Why so much bloodshed? Why the animals that had to die? They were all pointing to Jesus Christ. Could the, the blood of bulls and sheep or rams and, and goats and turtle doves, were they able to take care of our sin? No. But they all pointed by faith. They were looking forward to the cross by faith, we look backwards to the cross, or we look back to the cross 2,000 years ago. They were looking forward to what was to come. We need to get it. Get it. Get it right. So, for I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. Beautiful. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Praise God. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God. By faith in who he is and what he did for us, who loved me and gave himself for me at the cross. I do, now listen, verse 21. This is, this is important. He's summarizing here, and he goes into the next, ver, the next chapter. But I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. You want to go back to the law or saying, well, I got to do this, 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 and this. I have to do all these things. So I'm basically pushing back and I'm creating my own laws now. I'm going back and I'm rebuilding the laws. These are things that you need to do. So how I lived a good chunk of my Christian life. I have to put these things into place. And if I don't do them, I'm, 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 and I struggled with sin in my life. This way is so much easier. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Did Christ die in vain for you? Because you've got your own law that you're reestablishing. This is where, this is where we we bring people, if they are weak in their faith, bring them back to what is your faith in. They're weak in the faith because their faith is in the wrong thing, to strengthen where their faith needs to be. So if they came to, obviously they came to the Lord by their faith in Jesus Christ, they, you just have to bring them back to that place. When you first got saved, why did you get saved? Because, or how did you get saved? Because you weren't good enough. I got saved because I'm a really good person. No, you, no you're not. We've all sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. You got saved because of faith. Thank you, Jesus. We got saved by faith and not because of who we are. In Galatians 6.13, listen, here's another thing we could get sidetracked on. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law. 
But they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. Have you been circumcised? Yeah, been circumcised. You'll make it. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The world can't touch me and influence me because of where my faith is at. God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not just in Jesus Christ, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm crucified. The world, by whom the world has been crucified to me. It's crucified, and I am crucified to the world. It's like, it cannot influence me. You're struggling with sin in your life? You're struggling with different things in your life. Where is your faith at? So your faith is, I just need to have a little bit more self-discipline. What can I do to have more self-discipline? What can I do to, to, to help me to overcome the temptations in my life? Paul is saying, I boast. God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boast. Boast is, that's what I'm going to declare. I'm going to declare this for my salvation. To get through the things that are coming against me. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. That can't save but Jesus Christ and him cruci crucified? It says here, but a new creation. Circumcision or, or not being circumcised does not create something new within you. But Jesus Christ and him crucified starts something new in you at the moment of salvation. And if we deviate from that and we come back to it, thank you, Jesus, for where my faith is at. A new creation. I am a brand new creation. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1, 29 says that no flesh should glory in his presence. It's because of what I did, Lord. This is what I did. He even says, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Heal the sick. These are things that, man, that powerful things. He says, Lord, he says, I don't know you. Because there's a boasting in my works. If there's a boasting in my works, it says here that no flesh should glory in his presence or boast in his presence. This is what I've done. Paul struggled with that. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. We talk about power, the power of God to save. But the wisdom of God says, because of where your faith is at, you have righteousness upon you. Wow, the wisdom of God that says, I'm in right standing because of where my faith is at. Jesus Christ and him crucified. And God says, because of that, 
you are righteous before me. And not only righteous, the righteousness of Jesus is upon us, but it says also sanctification. And so the changes that need to take, Lord, I just surrender to you. My faith is in you. I surrender to you. And the Lord makes the changes in us as we consecrate ourselves to him. Sanctification. That's what sanctification is. The, the changes, you become more and more like Jesus. And it starts at salvation because your faith was in the right thing. Let it come back to Jesus Christ and him crucified so that the sanctification can continue on. This is the wisdom of God. It's like, oh man, this is so easy. So much more easy, easy than me changing myself. The Lord is changing me. That's what sanctification is. The Lord is changing me. And it starts at the moment that I consecrate myself to the Lord. Lord, here I am. I give myself to you as a believer. I believe in Jesus in Jesus, what you've done for me on the cross. But now I come to you and I consecrate myself to you. And now the changes start to take place in my life. It says here that he is our redemption. He bought us so we can have. He gave himself a ransom for us. And basically, he's saying, hey, I purchase you with my precious blood. My blood purchased you. You belong to me. If you allow me to be Lord in your life. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. The wisdom of God. Righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Let us glory in the Lord. Let us boast in the Lord and what he's done for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Going back to Romans 14, verse 7, about the disputable things, we, or we shouldn't have dispute about doubtful things. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. He's bought us. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again. So his death, his resurrection that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as, as I live, says the Lord, listen now, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. We should be doing that beforehand. Jesus, our Lord. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Fall from what? From our faith. What our faith is in. So as you look around, you say, oh, ah, that person, I don't like the fact that they're doing this or that or whatever. Rather than that, say, Lord, let me come to them and just say, hey, what is your faith in? What is your faith in? Say, my faith. And if they can't tell you, you tell them. This is what your faith needs to be in. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Not in church. Not in Dave. You know, I, I can't believe how many people come to me for different things. It's like, this is impossible for me. This morning we've been praying. I prayed. We prayed about that. 
some of the things that are, it's like people coming to me, my direction is, hey, or my redirect is, what is your faith in? Who is your faith in? You go to the Lord with these things. I can pray for you. I can, I can do, that I'm directing you to the right thing, Jesus Christ and him crucified. I don't want to be a stumbling block or cause a cause to fall in a brother's or sister's way. So, abstaining from foods is all about what we're placing our faith in. It is about that. What do we place our faith in? What I eat or don't eat? So, as we close this series very quickly, to be solid, our life is solid and secure by two things. Jesus as Savior and Jesus as Lord. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross, that's how we all got saved. There's a recognition of who he is, what he did for us on the cross. If we want to be solid in these days, that your salvation, let your salvation be in Jesus Christ for today, not just for when you first came to the Lord. Let it be in Jesus Christ for today. But let Jesus be Lord in your life. We have issue as believers because we don't obey the word of God. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. He willingly came. A bond servant is somebody that has the opportunity to say, you're free, go. A bond servant says, you know what? You are my master, and I willingly submit to you as master. I'm going to continue to serve you. Even though I can be free, I'm going to serve you. That's a bond servant. A bond servant is a, serv a slave who had the opportunity to, be, to, to go from his master, but he recognizes my master is good. I'm going to work for him. I'm going to willingly submit to, to his lordship. So this is who Jesus was. He, he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, saying, I'm going to do the will of the Father. And come in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, is Jesus Christ Lord in your life? See, there's two, two choices that we have when it comes to Jesus Christ as Lord, to obey or disobey. Those are the two choices we have. I'm going to obey you, Lord, or I'm going to disobey. There's no in-between. Now, it's beautiful. The very next verse, when we submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. In fact, this verse hit me so hard about, oh, I don't know, at least 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago. I remember the point we were out. We were out camping. It was a, a s'mores camping trip. So it was all those that were young at heart or whatever. 
was a number of years back for me. I think I was still in my 30s at that point. And it's like I'm reading through Philippians. I can remember I'm sitting at, at this, this uh, uh, table, picnic table, and I'm reading. And I get to this, this verse here, verse 12 and 13 of Philippians 2. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, the next verse is the one that, that hit me so hard. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Let me read it again. It is God who works in you, not what you can do. You just need to have your faith in the right thing. You want to be solid in these days? Let your faith be in the right thing. And I'll tell you right now that God is going to work His will and do what He needs to do for you and for His good pleasure. It will bring pleasure to the Lord. So I'm surrendered. Lord, every knee should bow. Every tongue should confess that Jesus, You are Lord. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I will obey you. I surrender myself to you. And now, the will of God, what it, we should, what he's going to do for us and what we can do for him for his good pleasure is accomplished in us. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You recognize the importance of your faith in Jesus Christ for your salvation and you make him Lord in your life. Hallelujah. This thing of, of making Jesus Lord in your life. Why do you call me Lord, Lord and not do the things which I say? You say Lord, but you don't do the things that I say. If you really if I am truly your Lord, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Solid. You are solid. And there's things happening all around you. There's temptations, there's, there's trials, there's tribulations, there's storms, there's all kinds of things that are coming against you and you are solid because my faith is in the right thing. Jesus Christ and I'm crucified. And Jesus is Lord in my life. And I am solid. I am solid. The house will stand the, the, your existence as an individual before the Lord, your life will stand, even in death. Wow. I noticed, I noticed, man, the difference between a believer and an unbeliever at death. One that has their faith in Jesus Christ, I'll tell you, there's a thing of peace. The ones that are not, they don't have any faith or their faith is in something else, there's an agitation that is there. There is a fear that is there. There is an attempt to do whatever to, to, to have another breath. 
for those that face death with Jesus, like death has lost its sting. It's lost its sting. I know where my eternity is. I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are faithful. Because the house was founded on the rock. Jesus Christ and what he did for us and what he says, Jesus is Lord my life. I'm going to do. I'm not just going to say Lord, Lord, but I'm going to surrender and submit to Lord. I'm going to do the things that you would tell me to do. I'm going to do them. You want to be solid? Do the word of God. Let your faith be in the right thing. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. Reason you struggle is because your faith is in something other than Jesus Christ and him crucified and Jesus is not Lord in your life. You don't trust him. You're going to trust something else. And as soon as there's stuff that comes, it, you fall. And the ruin of that house was great. Just a few verses from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We love you, Lord. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you truly love me, keep my commandments. They are called according to his purpose. God is saying, I have a purpose for you. On this planet, at this time, there's a purpose for you. Lord, let me, I surrender to you. Let your purpose be done in my life. I surrender to you. And all things will work together for good. Especially the extremely negative things will work out for our good because we love God and are called according to his purpose. What then shall we say to these things? Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, what can be against us? Who can be against us? Who can be against us? Verse 35, Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written... For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And I say, why? This verse always threw me. Lord, why would you even mention that? He's basically saying, what's going to separate you from the love of God? Is it even your death? Is your death going to cause you to be separated from him? It says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It doesn't end there. It continues on right to the end of the chapter. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. From the love of God. Listen which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Our Lord. My foundation, so two things. My faith, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Secondly, Jesus Christ 
is Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read again this last thing. All these different things, nor height, if there's any obstacle that is so towering that we can't even see the top, or there is such a, a deep thing that we just say, oh my goodness, this is deep. How am I going to get even out of this? Nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus is Lord. That we would proclaim this to those that are weak in faith. If there's dispute about, hey, you got to do this and that and whatever, strengthen. I want to strengthen my brother or sister in their faith. Not to dispute and argue. Don't, don't get into the arguments. Don't get into the arguments. What is your faith in? So you're going through this. You're going through something in your life. What is your faith in? Jesus Christ, him crucified. Steer him there. Is Jesus your Lord? Are you going to listen to what he's saying? Is Jesus your Lord? Let Jesus be your Lord. I surrender myself to you. I'm going to listen to what you tell me to do. I'm going to do it. You will be solid. And the things of the enemy that would come to you, not to worry. Don't have to worry. Hallelujah. I want to read, just as I did a number of times as we ended off the service, the last number of sessions, from 1 John 1, 1 to 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Of life. He's talking about Jesus here. We were there. We saw him. There was, there was an embracing of Jesus Christ and Jesus embracing the disciples. This is John writing, I was there. We were there. The word concerning the word of life. We're talking about Jesus. He's the word of life. Speaks life to us. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Thank you, Jesus. My joy is full. I'm full of joy because of who you are to me. What you've done for me, I surrender to you. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, for even in the warning, Lord, even as we look at the warnings for these last days, we do not have to be afraid. Lord, we do not have to be afraid. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are Lord in our lives. Nothing will separate us from God. There is nothing that can overwhelm us. Nothing will separate us from 
the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Lord, I just pray that for my dear brothers and sisters, those that are here tonight, those that will hear this message. Lord, as an unbeliever, that they would place their faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified because you love them. And Lord, I pray that there would be a strengthening of the faith of the believer. Lord, if, it was, if they were weak, it's so simple. I just need to place my faith in who you are, Jesus, and what you did for me on the cross. Jesus Christ and him crucified for me. I will overcome. I will overcome. Jesus, you are my Lord. I submit to your lordship in my life. I will overcome. Lord, I pray that that encouragement would be given to those that are hearing tonight and hearing online and will hear down the road. That's where they need to place their faith. Let salvation come to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.